Opera. And it's live. Oh, what? I never heard a ting. Oh, I'd like to welcome everyone to the Non-League Podcast. It's episode 100. We are Centurions today. It's Christian Smith sitting here again uh, Madrid this week. And uh, as ever in Bracknell Barcher, it's uh, me, James Bartley. feels like it's been a while since we've done this, so uh, let's talk Non-League. Absolutely, I'm delighted to be back uh, here in North West London. It's me, Jay Fiori. Yeah, we're hoping Rob can join us. He's uh, just trying to sort out a little problem uh, he's having, so it will be uh, good. But, um, first of all, congratulations, Dave. You've not been on for a few weeks because you've made the long journey down the West Coast line to London uh, and you've started your new job. Uh, how's it getting on with that? Yeah, absolutely loving it. Yeah, I get to write about sport all, all day, so it's kind of what I do, you know, for fun anyway, so... Yeah, loving it, really enjoying London and just nice to be back on and also nice to be uh, near some some new football grounds, some new non-league grounds. I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing what quality non-league action London has to offer. Cheers. Will, will you be able to get to games then? Do you not work Saturdays? Nope, not nice. generally. I'll have to do the odd one. Nice. That's, that's, it's not bad. It's it's uh, great news, really, uh, that you say you. If you can, it's one of those things you can always turn a hobby into a job. It's not a job. <laughs> you're exactly, just getting yeah. paid. You're getting paid for fun, which yeah. is a brilliant one. If I could ever find uh, something that I could do uh, that would let me do that, rather than travelling around everywhere, it's, it's great. Uh, the rain in Spain stays many in bloody Madrid, and I got a coat. <laughs> so. Uh, that's a, a fun time for me. And uh, James, how did the the little crew get on at the weekend? Did you have a game? Yeah, we did final game of the season. Uh, won again, 2-0. Um, it's been absolutely brilliant since Christmas. Um, we've been, they don't publish a league table, so I have no idea how we've done uh, under 7 and I think under 8 as well. They don't publish league yes, tables for all the Yes, it's allegedly not competitive. Yeah, um, but I th- if they did, I think we'd be, we'd be very close to the top because... I think I don't think we've lost more than once in the league um, since Christmas. So we've uh, we've done really really well. They've really um, really come come on. Uh, it's been really rewarding, you know, to see how long, how much they developed as a team as well as uh, you know as individual players. You know, it's just been been something else. And yeah, since Christmas they've just been on fire. It's been a, a lot of fun. Sorry, it's it's uh, good news. Um, so hopefully Rob's getting closer to being able to join us. Uh, just sent him a new invite to it. And just while we're waiting for Rob, it's 100 episodes. We were supposed to have it last week, but unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, I uh, ran into some problems with the family who decided that they wanted to go out for a meal and uh, with people we're not seeing for a couple of years, so uh, I couldn't really turn it down. But um, It's almost like they don't understand the importance of the non-league. <laughs> well, yeah... I'd already seen them. I only saw them a few weeks ago, uh, but the rest of the family hadn't, and so they were rather disappointed <laughs> that, uh, mm. that uh, I was planning on not going anywhere uh, so I could uh, uh, record the podcast. But, yeah, they don't understand the importance. It has been 100 episodes, but it's been just over 100 weeks because of the odd missed episode here, there, and uh, the thing we doubled up. And I don't know about you two, uh, but... I've really enjoyed our little chats on a uh, Monday evening or Tuesday evening or Sunday evening, whichever one we managed to get it worked on. And it's it really talking to you and really looking in depth at the the sport of uh, non-league football. 
has actually increased my love for it and watching them. And I know that James, you and I had a little bit of a, a banter about uh, Barcelona when I was complaining about a sending off that was happened in the match that we happened to be watching. Uh, but it, it really has um, brought it, and I, I, I think it's it's part of my life that I, I really enjoy on a Monday night uh, having the conversations, and hopefully you you all feel the same, and uh, we can keep going through many more episodes. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more, Kristen. Um, I think I think I first came on the on the show somewhere around episode seven or eight, I think it was. Um, and yeah, as you say, since then. You know, you just dive further and further into the world of non-league football. You know, you can talk about it now as a regular fan talks about the Premier League. You know, you, 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 the more you, the more you talk about it and look into it, you know, the the more familiar you get with the clubs, players, managers, that sort of thing. And you know, you you get the bug for going to going to grounds. Um, Dave was saying there in his his little uh, bit at the beginning that you know he's moved down to London and he's looking forward to trying out new grounds, which. You know, it's what it's all about at, at non-league level. Um, you know, you go there, you you see, you know, I hate the phrase, but in quotation marks, you see proper football. You know, they're the playing for the shirt, not the paycheck. In in most cases, um, and you can have a beer with them afterwards. You can you know tell them where they went wrong or where they went right if you dare. And uh, you know, it's it's just a it's just a wonderful thing to be a part of. And uh, yeah, long may it continue because I absolutely love it. Absolutely, and I mean, I was a little bit, been a bit of a later joiner and kind, joiner and kind of got into this through, through doing under the lead, which James has always kind of let me write for. But it's just great to to chat about the game, and I think it's definitely increased, you know, my interest in going to games, you know, meeting sort of personalities within non-league, chatting about the game, looking at not just the ninety minutes, but the way non-league functions, the way clubs function in the community and what they do and I, I think it's been great to be a part of and even on the weeks when I've not been able to make it I've always you know tuned in afterwards and listened because you know it's always I think it's always a really sort of balanced fair debate and it's about you know football that you know clubs that mean something to their community and everything so I've absolutely loved doing it it's great fun. No, Rob have you managed to get things working? <laughs> I'm not quite by the sound of it then. <laughs> so we'll, we'll carry on. He, he, is, he is around. <laughs> I can see him, but I can't hear him. Um, so let's uh, let's just move on then to our top story. With uh, we're looking at uh, points off. We've got a couple of stories this week. I think one's from a couple of weeks ago, uh, but it's uh, Nuneaton Town uh, in Trinity's. Division there in the uh, conference. Sorry, what they call it now nowadays, the Vanarama National League North, who were docked three points for fielding an illegible, an, in a, I know you said an illegible, uh, <laughs> ineligible player. Um, got a very long name. <laughs> so let's. Um, I've lost my screen. Oh, yeah. Rob, I can hear you. You can, people can hear me. Hey. Yes. Good. You, under, uh, I think what the problem was, I think the headset was broken. Oh, well, that's always going to hinder things. <laughs> but let's carry on, just carry on. You 
Uh, not Herb, the, we talk about Nuneaton being docked uh, three points. So it's always a tough one, this, because it's it's a rule that's there for a reason, because you're supposed to go through the, the process of getting your players registered, go through the process of ensuring that um, the player is registered not only with your league but also the FA as uh, so we'll come on to later and talk about Sutton but I don't I don't really get some of this because aren't they just penalising the, the non-league clubs because they don't have the backroom staff who can manage all of this or is it just that because non-league players come and go so frequently uh, that they don't know um, what actually want it, what it, what's, what they can and can't do. I, the thing is, this is becoming such a common occurrence that the one thing that needs to happen in the summer is that the whole system for registering players and the whole communication of of that side of, of things needs to be sorted out and. You know, the, as we'll come on to with the, uh, the Sutton thing as well, it seems like you have to send things off to multiple places, you know, the FA and the league. It's, um, it, it just, it seems like it's, it's very archaic. I mean, uh, Rob, certainly, and myself to a lesser extent, are reasonably familiar with this sort of thing. Rob, as I say, Rob, more so than me, but it's, you know, you, you're, you're still dealing with, with fax machines and, and things like this when, when you're trying to get things across and it. Surely there can be a centralised website or something like that where you can you can search for a player and you can register him. And when you come to picking picking your team on the uh, on like football web pages that we that they do at Hampton and at that level, you know it won't let you select them if they're not registered. And there's got to be you've got to be able to drag this side of the game into the into into the modern days. It's just ridiculous that they're still relying on carrier pigeon to register players. It's, as I say, I'm sure you know Rob's more familiar with that side of things than I am, and mm. probably has has opinions on this. But I'm just I'm trying to um, I'm looking at the league table, and with that points deduction, it puts them four points outside the playoffs. Uh, they do have a couple of games in hand, so they're still in their own hands whether they get in the playoffs. But if, you know, if, if they did miss out because of this points deduction, it'd be uh, it'd be a bit of pill for them to swallow if if you know they're appealing it. So they obviously feel they've done nothing wrong. It, it, it's you know it's gonna be a bit of pill for them to swallow if they end up falling out of the out of the playoffs. I think we had it in the in the Ryman, didn't we, last season at the end of the season? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that was that was crazy. Yeah. So you know it's uh, it's it, it's a ridiculous situation. We talk about multiple times every season, and it needs sorting. Yeah, it does. It's uh, it's starting to get ridiculous now. I mean, uh, I don't know what the system is um, at that level. But uh, if you can submit it by email, the register, players' registration, but you've always got to follow it up with the paper copy. And it's, the, my problem is the fact that the club does it properly, and yet the FA, through no fault of the club, make a mistake, screw up the registration, type it in wrongly, the club's the one that ends up paying for it. And this is just one thing that I think is just... N- I think it's unfair. You've got experience of this, Kristen, yourself with emails. Between you know, from um, 
hearing yeah. what happened at Gainsborough. It's you, just, you can it's, prove it's your ridiculous. email the and I still don't believe you. No, I mean, I mean, this is part of the problem. I mean, I don't know what it is with Nuneaton, because I haven't had a chance to really read into it, but it just seems somewhat crazy that, um, you know, if, if the club does everything right, they're still in the wrong. In the case of the FA, their word is never wrong, it's infallible. Uh, words I would like to use, I will not use about some parts of the FA because they are not infallible. And, you know, they, they really should start, as you said, Chris, and start looking at the system. And I know you, we've all got ideas about how it should work, but, you know, there just doesn't seem to be any, any way of doing it. And there's no motivation to do it. And, I mean, it's so getting, clubs are getting punished like this. You know, it's just, it's just mad. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to. I mean, it was a three-one win at Corbin, so fair enough. An ineligible player, you lose the, you lose whatever points you gained while yeah. playing that player. But I can't find anywhere where it says who the player was, or you know, what point during the game he came on or started or. I'm just. I can't. There doesn't seem to be any information about who the player was. So no, there isn't. It just says fielded an ineligible player. It doesn't say anything about who it was. It doesn't name them, it's, which is seems a bit strange. I wonder if the club maybe so as to draw cause any issues between player and fans. For example, might possibly give players the option of. Remaining anonymous when something like this happens, that wouldn't surprise me. Possibly, possibly, but I mean, every other time it's it's surfaced, it, when the club pleads their innocence, they they'll happily name the player because they, you know, they say they can back it up with with data, paperwork, and and prove that it's it was sent and things like that. You know, I mean, we'll come on to certain in a in a little bit, and you know, they, they you know the player's name in that in question there is 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 out in the open and sure, sure. It, you know, and so I, I just it's. I'm not. I'm not suggesting anything untoward. It just seems a little unusual. Yes, yeah, so I, I, suppo I suppose what I meant was that I'm. I'm sure there is a reason for it. I mean, like I think everyone on this podcast, I'm not always in favour of the decisions the AFA makes, and certainly not in terms of non-lead. But I'd be very, very, very surprised indeed if there were any sort of subterfuge involved in why the player hasn't been named, I would imagine the club and or the player maybe have a say about it, or because of the fact it's been a, a mistake and not a sort of flagrant flouting of the rules, maybe the FA have given it the benefit of the doubt and said, you know, we won't we won't publicise who it is. I don't, I don't think there'll be anything more to it than that. No, no, I'm sure, I'm sure. And yet the thing is, the thing is, in the end, the FA, in all the cases past, have publicised the um, findings, the written um, decision on the website. It's, you can look on quite a lot of the decisions of recent years. And yet why why that hasn't arrived yet and why there's no naming of the player? It's I'm not a... thinking substitutes. I'm just thinking, I'm just wondering if there's a further process going on that might involve you know, the, the player deciding to take matters into his own hand through the lockouts. I, I, don't, uh, I don't know. I don't mind bashing the FA. It's actually the, the National League. It's the football conference. 
Oh, well, I wouldn't trust them to throw a barge pole as fast as I could. Mm. Yeah. And yet, and yet I, I, might, I, might have, I might have to deal with them next season. Well, it's looking likely. Well, the way things are going, it look, certainly looks likely. Unless, I, can, uh, I, can, I, can make, I can say, whilst I was obviously wrong and thinking it was the FA, the point I made would still have been the same, that I'm not massively enamoured with every decision the National League makes, but that I don't think there would be anything more to it. The idea, like Rob said, that there might be something further going on would would also make a lot of sense. Because, mm. uh, I mean, that tends to happen through the law courts when there's something, I mean, when there's, you know, so something, when naming the people, the persons involved might in some way affect the uh, findings of the, you know, of a future case. It's, you know, the, you know, this is not like any of the organisations to keep to not, for one side or another, release the name of the player concerned. No, I mean, you know, yeah. just. It, it, I mean, it, you know, I don't know if it could be possible. That it's like a, a seventeen-year-old or something. They can't because he's a minor. But you know, something along those lines. It just struck me as a little bit, a little bit strange that the the, the name of the player is not not out there. Mm. But you know, it. it didn't mean to turn it into a, into a big debate. <laughs> no, no, it's it's because it, it is it is strange because twelve months almost to the day uh, last year when they got docked three points and fined five hundred pounds because they were in the uh, conference national. Um, they did actually. It, oh, this is freaky, actually. Um, the club pleaded so on the seventh of April last year, they were found guilty. Uh, of fielding George Mart uh, George Maris against Welling on the 28th of February. So what is it in February that they don't seem to be able to get their days right? Is it because <laughs> it it's a short month or what? Because uh, <laughs> this incident took place on the 27th of February, <laughs> so it just it seems one of those strange uh, the things that are almost a year. So I'm wondering whether it could be a low knee uh, that may have because last year it was a low knee. Um, officially, his loan period had had uh, ended, and so he wasn't allowed to play for them with no new paperwork submitted, um, which has happened in the past at Trinity, and thankfully we've caught it before the guy's gone onto the pitch, so he was never actually played, uh, so we managed to get away with it, but yeah, it, does, it, it seems strange, so yeah, it could be somebody who's younger, it, it could just be a change in the way that the conference national league actually offer uh, the information. Maybe they don't. Maybe they've been advised not to name the players until after the uh, any appeals or anything have gone through. Yeah, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Mm. Very, Could be any number of reasons. Well, let's not speculate too much about that. Let's move on to speculating about Sutton. <laughs> Can I just say that if it had been an illegible player, that would actually explain why they haven't named them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dave. <laughs> oh, Dave, you are pun master. <laughs> so, get back, back on track. Sutton, uh, down there. What are they in? They're in the Division Na- One North, aren't they? Uh, National South Conference. National South, South yeah. South. Oh, I was, I was reading yeah. my next. I was reading the next thing. Oops. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, they have been uh, charged with fielding an ineligible player, and could face a points deduction. But obviously, just to 
throw something in, there is nobody... The person in there, Jamie Slabber, came on as a substitute. He's named. And it's the same mm. organisation. So mm. what? Yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, it's the National League. Obviously, worse for Sutton is they were already 3-0 up at the time and he didn't actually affect the outcome. They still won 3-0. Uh, but uh, they are potentially going to be docked three points, which was going to be a bit of a pain for them because uh, it's going to be very tricky. Yeah. And they're going to make the title run in somewhat painful for them. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, said there with the, uh, with the Neatum one about them you know, chasing the playoffs, but Sutton are currently currently second in the National South. Um, a better goal difference than Ebsleet, who are top, but uh, three points behind. Um, but they do have two games in hand, so again, even with the points deduction, they'd still have it in their own hands to, uh, you know, if they won the remaining games, they'd still finish above Ebsleet on goal difference mm. at worst. But They would. I mean, what one thing I think, Terry, is that I don't think, like the FA, especially at this level where players aren't sort of paid an enormous amount and things, I don't think that the FA or National League or whoever is in any individual case making a decision always understand what's kind of on the line for the players and the fact that they're playing for their livelihoods. And I think they always follow a very sort of hard and fast rule without using common sense in cases like this. And I don't think they often realise how big the consequences of deducting points or finding a team are, not just for the players at that time, not just for the fans, but for the long-term future of clubs. I mean, think how different life might be for Sutton United if they establish themselves in the National League compared to if they don't go up and, say, spend several more years in the National South. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a great point. Um I mean that that national south is you know it, it gets harder every year with with the clubs that are coming mm. in. That, um, and fi- financially, you look at the deal with BT Sport and things, and you know it's great yeah. for the national league, but it is only the national league premier it focuses on. And in terms of crowds, you know you'll have clubs, say like Wrexham or Tranmere, would come to Sutton with probably a thousand fifteen hundred fans. You know, there's probably clubs in the national south where. You know, certainly would be ending up with crowds about a third of the size of what they would be in the National League. So it affects so many factors that I don't think the kind of lawmakers in the game take into account. Yeah, I mean, you, you said as well, it was, a, it was a good point about the hard and, hard and fast rule. I mean, it, it says in the story here, you know, they, they regurgitate it all here again, saying you lose points, any points gained while playing an ineligible player, which. You know, we've we've always said that's you know that's fine. That's that's what you do. But I mean, this is 20 minutes of a game that they were already three 0 up in, that they won three 0 You know, he's as as you said, Kristen, he's had absolutely no ultimate impact on the on the final score, and um, unless he's cleared four off the line, that, <laughs> that we don't know about. You know, without reading this, that report. Yeah, this happened in a game with Celtic. I think against um, a Slovenian team, Maribor, it might have been. And Celtic was 6-1 down on aggregate. And whoever it was played a sub for 10 minutes of the second leg. They got thrown out, didn't they? got disqualified, yeah. Yeah, and Celtic went through and then got beaten in the next round, yeah. Hilariously. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's, you know, 
it's it's a tough thing. But the the thing with the Sutton one is that they they said that the the league had the form and the loan had been approved. Um, you know the the league had approved the loan. The, the paperwork had been submitted on time. Um, and yet they've been charged with it not with the paperwork not being lodged with the relevant authorities before the before the deadline. So. You know, this again comes back to my point about the the whole system for for registration. I mean, it, just make it make it all electronic. Even do an app for the clubs to use, so it doesn't even have to be a website. You can just you know pull out your phone and and do an app, and it's, sure. it's, it's done. I you mean, know. I agree with that on such a wider level as well. I think football kind of lives in the Stone Age, as if any new way of doing things will somehow, you know, sort of tarnish the game, when in reality, it'd make a lot of things easier for clubs. Like, you know, why else would anyone own a fax machine? It's just another example, you know? Yeah. Mm. And, I mean, it, going on a, on a wider thing here as well, uh, I mean, we had a brief chat about this uh, before we started recording, I don't, but all, while Rob was sorting his, his problems out as well, is it, it is so difficult finding volunteers at clubs. And... In, invariably, the club secretary is a volunteer position, and mm. to have this, this legal, this you know, this legally binding responsibility for for player registrations that can cost your team points, and ultimately mm. could cost them promotion, could cost them relegation. Mm. Uh, it should should club secretaries and and such roles like that should it actually be a a, a paid paid position for with someone who's qualified, you know that. Should there be a qualification for it, a, a license, if you like, for want of a better word for it, and and you actually have a have a qualified person doing the job because okay. it's happening far too often now, and it it can be just the fact that an A looks like an E in the surname and it gets registered wrong. You know, you said it there yourself, Rob. You know, an incorrect mm. spelling. I think we've had that in the past. I think we've talked about something like that in the past on the show. You know, you spell it, you spell it slightly wrong, and then all of a sudden, they're, the fact that they've got a, a Sinidai suspension looming over them, you know, that it doesn't come to light until they've played for his third club that season, and they've they realise because they submit his surname correctly. You know, it, things like that shouldn't be allowed to happen in this day and age, regardless of the level of the game. I agree you know, I mean, with we're that. Only, we're only two sorry, divisions I... below the. Yeah, sorry, Dave. Well, I said we're only two no. divisions below the football league here, so we should have a decent system for registering players. Well, that, and the other thing I'd say is that if there's so much pressure on people who aren't getting any money for it, if there's sort of possible legal ramifications to the decisions they're making, there's all the personal stress that comes with it, it's going to dissuade people from volunteering at the local non-league club, which can only be a bad thing for the game. It is. I mean, the, the... Tough to get volunteers anyway. I mean, most volunteers at clubs have been doing it for decades. You, you know, I mean, at, at Hampton and at Bracknell, um, the clubs that that we frequent, and at Trinity, and uh, you know, any club that you'll you'll go to down uh, down your neck of the woods now, Dave. You know, you'll you'll see volunteers that have been there since long before you were born. Um, finding people in this day and age now to give up that sort of time and commitment, it, you, you're just not going to find these sort of people. And, to have it, you know, to have something like this hanging over it. If it was me and I was a secretary and I'd messed up something like that, or it'd been levelled at me, you know, there's no way I'd carry it on. I'd, I'd be out of there. I'd, you know, 
sod it. Mm. I don't need I don't need the stress, the hassle for a volunteer no. position. You know, you, all you're doing is trying to help the club out, and an honest mistake, and you, mm. suddenly your club doesn't go up. You know, I just I think mm. first and foremost, the system needs to be streamlined. It needs to be more centralised. It needs to be made simpler. And then, secondly, I think maybe the club secretary should be a should be a, a maybe one of the only positions in the club that, that commands a wage. To, you know, I think there's things that need to be looked at here because it's happening far, far too often. And I'm I'm guessing we'll probably talk about it again before the end of the season. And we've you know we're only three weeks away from it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one this is one thing that you know I've noticed with the um, you know being involved with this at the it, uh, at the Ramen League. Thankfully, they don't it, they're, they're not strict on things like faxes and or emails. You can take you can take a PDF scan of the registration form, send it off to them, and they'll accept that. And you've got seven days to send in the paperwork. Um, you know, and if you don't get the paperwork to them in the end of seven days, then you know that's that's your problem. Um, so there is, you know, it's 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 a difficult one, and how to actually come round this, you know, because I'm not because yeah, a lot of clubs will have the equipment, and a lot of the fans will have the equipment, but how do you get the security? Um, well, but the, I mean, but how do they do it at Premier League level, at football league level? They, they, they can't be doing it this same way, surely. I have to admit, I haven't a clue how they do it at that level. I've never found out. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, Manchester City register Sergio Aguero the same way that Hampton register Charlie Moon. Do you know? You know, <laughs> yeah. I, just, yeah. I, I can't. I don't. I just can't believe that they do it the same way. And if they do, then you know. I still think there's a paper copy involved somewhere, James. I really do. For the simple fact is that it's got to be signed. Something's got to be signed. Something's got to be sent. Yes, they can. They can probably. They've probably got an online portal in which they can do it on, but they've still got to send in a paper copy. You know, uh, whichever means that they have, you know, they, they choose. So. I mean, to be fair, I think it surfaced during that whole. Um, sorry to talk about European football, but the the whole debacle when David de Gea was supposed to go to Real Madrid. I think that was because they didn't fax it over mm. in time, if I remember rightly from reading that. They have a centralised database, but then they still, as you say, they still have to. Fax over something and it didn't go. It didn't get there before the mm. deadline. So maybe you know, if, if it is like that at the top of the game, then we're, what chance have the rest of us got? <laughs> True. Well, just to uh, add uh, some intrigue into this, um, don't know whether you guys recall, but uh, just before Christmas, Concord Rangers um, filled in and. Il- they filled it uh, an eligible player and the FA actually it was against Sutton and the FA rather than throwing Concord out of the competition they ordered a replay of the trophy tie so it's going to be interesting to see if what if they do find them guilty, are the National League going to order a replay, which they can do, or are they just going to dock them the three points? And if they dock them the three points, surely it would be even more of a, a kick in the teeth to Sutton, bearing in mind that the FA, when this happened earlier on this season, uh, against them, ordered a replay 
rather than doing what they could have done, which is throw the other team out of the competition and let the other, let them get a bye. <laughs> so it's an interesting uh, situation down there. Yeah, it certainly is, and you know, it, we had it as well. You know, you 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 lose points from any game in which an ineligible player played, but you know, Darlington didn't, did they? No. You know, much to the chagrin of the rest of that league, they uh, they fielded one and didn't get docked any points. For with and there was no reason given for for why that happened. But it's um, you know, I I think it'd be incredibly harsh to deduct the points. It's not like, you know, like I say, they were already 3-0 up. It was 20 minutes to go. It doesn't have any impact on the scoreline. And I just, uh, you know, I think common sense needs to prevail at, at this stage of the season. Yeah, but we saw that last year where it didn't. So uh, yeah. ho- hopefully uh, something will happen there. And moving on to hopefully a little bit of happier news. Uh, down there at Truro, they've uh, made some announcements on next year and obviously the the games that they're going to ground share uh, with um, Torquay Torquay yeah I can can finally remember (laughs) but uh, it's it's interesting they're going to if we're going back to the silly rules again should the club they are now making um, Triu Road suitable to play in the National League playoffs. So we we covered this earlier on this season with how ridiculous it was for three games potentially uh, that they would have to get the work, the ground upgraded uh, to cover it. But they've bitten the bullet because they could be doing a swap with their soon-to-be landlords uh, as Torquay is struggling in uh, mm. the National League and obviously Truro are pushing for promotion. So it will be interesting uh, to see that we saw it was a bit... <laughs> we all, we thought it was a bit a bit strange um, because three games and we worked out it was thousands of pounds but obviously the rules are there and they've been forced to stick with them. Yeah, and when when I spoke to um, Wayne Carlisle at Truro in February, it was very much the focus was on on coming up to the National League and on continuing to progress up the leagues instead of just keeping that stability having come up from the Southern Premier. So it's also not a club that's sort of really struggling for money at the moment. So I, I think all things considered, yes, it's quite a lot of money and in terms of game for game doesn't represent particularly good value, but I think it's in keeping with the vision that Truro have for the future of the club, and I, th- I think they can afford to do it. Yeah, but, you know, they've, they've got the great news now that they, uh, they don't need to ground share now. They've managed to compromise. They'll be able to, to stay at Truro Road next season. It doesn't say what the... Um, what the compromises are. Um, I mean, this is you know this is a couple of weeks old. This story, uh, obviously, we haven't recorded after it after it's been announced. But they uh, they've managed to sort the ground out for the playoffs, um, and I think there's more work that needs to be done to get it up to scratch for the um, for the national league if they went up. But 
it look you know whatever compromises they've made, they've uh, they've come out on top and uh, will stay where they are, which is you know it's great news for their supporters and the, and the club themselves. You know, with the you know as you say with the costs and and the income that they uh, they can now look forward to. So you know it'd be it'd be nice to see them go up um, and see how they can get on in the top flight. Um, but you know they'll they'll just be celebrating the fact that they don't have to move just yet. Well, it's also a big turnaround for the club in a very relatively short space of time from almost bankrupt, no ground, and really suffering off the field uh, with huge debts, etc., uh, to now being pushing for promotion. And I'm not sure many uh, many clubs, I'm not sure Barrow maybe, uh, are uh, relishing the prospect of a nice long trip to Truro or Grimsby or something like that, uh, going for a nice trek down to the uh, southwest. So it's going to be it's going to be one of those situations. I li- they're liking it to the way that AFC filed are, that there's such a long distance to get there. Does that give them home field advantage uh, for their home games? Uh, one would like to hope not. But, uh, uh, I think it probably does. Not maybe not so much if they went up because you know you, you've got clubs with much bigger budgets that just go down on the Friday, wouldn't they, and stay over and mm. you know and then well, come back and. You, you say that, but st- even in the national league, not all of the clubs are full time. Still, quite a few part time ones. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. So it's whether they could actually afford the time of work, etc., to do that. Mm. Mm. That's a lot of it. So. Yeah, and in, in some in some respects, it's great that farm. But um, sorry, I've got farm on the bed. Churro, have, um, <laughs> I don't know why it's not a nice place. Um, it, it's great that Churro are going to be able to stay at their own ground, and you know the, uh, and the the shareholders and backers uh, did on the you know on the balance of things, what's best for the club, and they've decided that you know staying at Trio Road would be. It would be the best option for them, and in many respects, I think they're right. For just for the simple reason that it's the kind of place that, you know, if you can develop it, um, is great. Because the, the, I think the, the plans for the new ground have hit a few rocks on the way as well, um, and uh, it's it's not looking great for a move. So they might have to stay where they are for a few years yet to come. Well, that's the thing. Unfortunately, they don't own the ground, so mm. they've got they've got a they must have come to some sort of arrangement with their their current landlords uh, to mm. allow them to do that. But uh, it will be it'll be interesting, and uh, it's going to be uh, one to watch in the in the coming years. I think uh, looking at that. Mm. But uh, I think James, I'll let you uh, take the next one because we've got some. We're getting to the business end of the season, so we've uh, had wonderful ups and downs over the past number of weeks, and uh, we're now looking at I think three weeks to go for most of the most teams, because obviously there's only certain ones that are going to be in the playoffs uh, and uh, will be in the cup finals, etc. But uh, so we're looking at a few weeks to go, and we're already starting to get some people who are promoted. Yeah, we've uh, we've got a couple of a couple of teams that took their titles uh, this weekend. Um, AFC Sudbury wrapped up the Eastman League Division One North title um, with three games to spare, and uh, 
local to me in the uh, Hellenic Premier, uh, Bracknell's division, uh, Kidlington, they've taken the uh, taken the title there with uh, with just two games to spare. Um, I think, you know, finishing above uh, Thatcham Town and Flackwell Heath. You might recall Flackwell won it won the division last season, but then uh, re- refused promote uh, rejected the promotion because they got shunted from Central to South and West, and it would have tripled their their travel costs. So they opted to stay in the Hellenic Premier and. This season, it's uh, it's Kidlington that go up. So hopefully, they they'll have a bit more luck when it comes to the allocations in the summer. Um, and just a happy note for me is uh, that Bracknell managed to secure their place in the in the Hellenic Premier. They've uh, managed to uh, achieve safety. So a good weekend. And of course, uh, Rob can tell us that Hampton are edging ever closer to their own title. Mm. Yes, it's got. To, it, we're still we're still watching. We're still watching. Just, I mean, King King George's words about Bogner are just coming back time and again. But um, you know, it's it's within touching distance. You know, it's it could be one win. It might might only need to be four points. Just have to wait and see how it goes. But yeah, it's looking good. It's a shame. I was hoping to get uh, get down there. They were only in Farnborough, which you know, there's one junction down on the M3 from me, but. We'd just come back from Yorkshire on Friday, so unfortunately the big shop was calling. So uh, mm. well, never mind. To, never mind. Um, never mind. You've always got the last game of the season, James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Bogner can't. Oh, they can only get to. Bogner's got four games left, haven't they? They can only get to ninety-four points. Yeah. Hampton have yeah. got 90, 91. With a goal difference. Games. Yeah. Mm, could be could be one win. Could be uh, could be one win. Could be. You could need four points. So. And it could be. You could only need one or none. <laughs> have to wait and see what happens this week with Bogner. Well, that's, yeah. that's the thing. It's calculators out. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's the best part of the season, isn't it? It's all around it. Is. It is. It's, it's the fun. If you're if your team's involved in uh, either of them, so but it does look very very close uh, to uh, to uh, Hampton uh, sneaking that uh, couple of points they need just to go up. Uh, good healthy goal difference as well, really. When you look at it, 102 goals, second yeah. most uh, behind East Thurrock, so that's a decent goal tally that. It is. I mean, at the start of the season, when we were looking at the squad before the before we started, we were thinking, hmm. Defence looks it looks reasonably sound, but will we get enough goals? <laughs> How little we knew. How little we knew. Well, I would I would love it. Trinity mm. scored a total of forty-one in their uh, thirty-nine games. <laughs> <laughs> it's always our downfall. We just have not had a prolific goal scorer for a number of years now. Uh, we just can't seem to uh, to get anyone. We look like we're on forty-six, and we've got three games left. Um, so while it's not it's improbable, it's not mathematically impossible is the unfortunate uh, the thing. Uh, so it looks like we are going to be sitting there in the conference uh, National League, uh, the Vanarama National League North for another season. Um, can I uh, so can yeah. I just um, just to throw a cat amongst the pigeons on the Sutton thing? Um, they're currently playing tonight. As, uh, no, I was just about to move on to yeah, that. Yeah. As, as we're recording, they're an hour into their game at home against Bishop Stortford. And they're winning 1-0. And looking at the live league table, that puts them top on goal difference. 
Yes. With, um, still, with the game in hand. Game. Yeah, with still another game in hand. So they're not letting it. it they're not letting it affect them, are they? No, it will really will be uh, be tough on them if it does get that they decide to uh, take off the uh, the three points. But uh, I think we've we've moved and we're looking at the top of the tables. So I'm just looking at a quick look at Vanarama National. It looks like Cheltenham almost there. Well, they've got three games, so they've got another win. If Forest don't run, if Forest don't run all, all of theirs, then it's really Cheltenham's title. And they would be the first club in well, a long, long time. That was going to that was going to be my next <laughs> question. <laughs> Can anyone remember the bounce back? I mean, last last season, you know, in fairness, Bristol Rovers did it, but via the um, via the playoffs, it's been a long, long time since anyone won one division. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but Barnet did it, but it took them two years. Yeah, which I think is as short as it's been for anyone, really. Yeah, I think if I remember rightly, it could be someone like Lincoln, but I mean, that's going back about twenty years, I think. Yeah. But just looking at some other other little numbers there, uh, Tranmere potentially could go back up. They're in the playoff spots at the minute. So it would be an interesting season if Tranmere went back up as well. <laughs> it would yeah. be. It definitely would be a, a strange one. Not, not some... Just um, just going back to Sutton as well. I was just I'm just looking through their Twitter feed now. It, you know, rest easy, Jeremy Slavers not playing. <laughs> <laughs> he is on the bench though, funnily enough. Just just before we, I don't want to go around every league, but just uh, interestingly, you've mentioned Darlington a couple of times. Uh, they've got two games in hand over Blythe, but they've got this 12-point deduction hanging over them. But they're only one point back. So I've got a feeling um, that they're not going to be... Uh, that then they potentially could win that division, uh, which is the Evo Stick Premier, and therefore probably... We go up to the Evo st- to the uh, Vanarama North. I'm, I'm presuming they can't put them in the south. Um, would be a rather strange one. So that would be an interesting uh, situation there. If that uh, if that does occur, there'll be a lot of other teams there crying foul. I would have mm. thought. But the final one, we, as we've we've mentioned, well, we might as well go down there to the Southern League. Uh, uh, with it's still duking it out, Paul and uh, Redditch. They are really uh, one point in it there. It's mm. it's pretty good, but the Southern Leagues, where I think this week's and finally uh, is going to come from, I believe, James, isn't it? And finally, the part of the show where we take a look at the lighter side of non-league. Send any suggestions in to at non-league pod or at under the league on Twitter. Let's see what we've got this week. Over to you, James. Uh, yep, yeah. uh, this is um, going down the the other other end of the table. Um, unfortunately, um, this is uh, Histon. Apologies uh, to their fans. Their team has been uh, relegated. It's not for me that's put this story in the running order, but it, um, I believe they were relegated. Um, Without teams below them actually being relegated as yet. Yes. Mm. I, I think uh, it was something I saw, wasn't it? It, it was. I apologise. I've copied it somewhere and not put it into the thing. So, yeah, it was an email that you sent to us, Rob. 
from mm. Twitter from Coral. Um, mm. I'll just put it in the running order for you, James, just so you can see it. Mm. Um, but yes, so what it works out at is that Histon were and are still fourth bottom of the uh, Evo Stick Southern Premier. And at, uh, at the time of this tweet going out, which I believe was a couple of weeks ago, um, mm. they, they were relegated. But Bedworth, Poulton and Biddeford, who are all below them, were not relegated. And it simply comes from the fact that Histon had 43 points, uh, sorry, 43 games played and 36 points, but Biddeford, Bedworth and Poulton, all of them had uh, games in hand, which meant mathematically they could pull themselves out, although uh, Histon can't. So it's just one of those quirky things. You can be fourth bottom, uh, and you still get relegated uh, first. Yeah, that's um, yes, it's quite an achievement, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. As as it goes now, uh, Biddeford in twenty second are the only team in the bottom four that can stay up. The other three are are now down. Um, but Biddeford would be a tall ask for Biddeford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they'd have to win all four games and hope that Stratford lost all four, but. Yeah, it's a it's a bizarre thing how it works out, isn't it? You know, you get get the games postponed and that, and it mm. it just make, it just you know makes the league table alive, doesn't it? You know, we've seen it as well in the in the um you know in the in the Roman Prem with Bogner, you know, they're still putting the wins on the board, but not long ago they had uh, what was it six seven games in hand and were mm. way down in you know ninth and tenth, and uh, you know yes, mm. all of a sudden they're they're right right up where where they should be with the points on the board now. So yeah, it's, mm. just, it's a strange, strange little one. But um, mm. yeah, uh, commiserations to those teams. Um, hope they enjoy their lives in well, division south and west or central, wherever they end up getting put. Mm. Yeah, it's, 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 it's always. Yeah. I mean, it's tough for these teams, but I think one of the things we've always said about non-league is that. People want to go and watch their local team, whatever league that team is in. So, you know, you hope mm. that all these sides, you know, for the people who support them, especially if it's a team you've got a soft spot for or you've got friends or family who support them, you want them to do better. But the important thing at the end of the day is that whatever level a club is at, it's sustainable and there are people who, you know, can go and cheer them on, whether they're in the Premier League or, you know, the Surrey fourth under sevens division. Hmm. <laughs> that's what it. That's what it all. That's what it all comes down to, you know. So. Yeah. Well, just while we're talking about condol- condolences, um, looking at our beloved Bashley, who obviously have been relegated, probably relegated hmm. months ago. They have two points. As do New Mills. Oh, New yeah, Mills got two. They got their second point a couple of weeks ago. Oh, they're, they're rocketing, rocketing up the, the table. the Millers. But uh, I was just, just the only reason I mentioned Bashley, they've not won anything, they've just had a couple of draws. But going back to what you're saying, Dave, about people turning in week in, week out, their average attendance is 109. 
And so, like you say, it's the the team are getting hammered week in, week out, but you still get your dedicated hundred fans, or so. Let's let's say give a few away fans, so you get your dedicated sixty or seventy home fans who uh, go and watch them week after week. And it is all about the local. It's about supporting your local team and wanting to be part of the local community, which the non-league clubs more so than any other club moving up can be and want to be because they know it's that 70 people who turned up to watch um, which is the lowest crowd of the season there at Bashley uh, against Swindon or against uh, Cinderford they're playing they're literally paying those guys wages who are out there playing now I know there are a lot of them youngsters which is part of the reason what's going on and it's a rebuilding process going on down there but it still brings it brings it home to you that people are still going to go out and watch their local team and the local, the non-league clubs are central to what, what can happen. Yeah, so, sorry, I was, I was sorry. just looking, I was just seeing if uh, if our favourite striker Ashley Flynn had scored this weekend but he didn't, uh, Emily lost 1-0. He's got 74 goals in 44 games so far this season, according to AFC Emily website. So. Oh, that's that's no good. We we had him on course for 90. So yeah, he's, he's dropped off a bit, hasn't he? Uh, it's because we've mentioned him. Curse <laughs> of the commentator. That's that's what all these sort of things are. But uh, it's been 100 episodes, and it's been frustrating at times with internet connections and equipment and all the things that uh, make life uh, interesting but it really has been great talking to all you guys uh, over the last couple of years and, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to continue this on for another couple of years or more absolutely absolutely I have uh, no intentions of giving it up yeah, definitely and I should have more time next season to actually take a greater part in things so Oh, that's 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 what you say when you're in that promoted, you're in that those upper echelons of the football uh, of uh, the Panorama uh, National South. It's uh, it's always fun. So a little updates as we record this on Monday. It's uh, quarter past nine back there in the UK. Um, Hendon are beating uh, Leatherhead two one at Hendon. Your rivals Kingstonian are losing, but unfortunately for Rob, they're losing to Farnborough. <laughs> so, it's a tough That's one for you. Who do you hate most? <laughs> well, I have to, I have to admit, after last Saturday, I'm finding it hard to believe that Kingstonian could actually be losing. Oh, well, yep, they're losing one 0 at home. <laughs> so, so as well, so he's there. But Rob, where can we find you on the internet then? Well, I recently opened up the blog again, as uh, quite a few of you would have seen. Uh, talking about Hampton, basically, and uh, but I'm still up there on Twitter with that name that, that I've not yet explained about. It might come up in the next hundred shows. It might not. So obviously, be at Raven Robo, still doing the stuff for Hampton, still messing around out there on Facebook. And James, under the league, going strong as ever. Uh, yeah, under league. Com uh, uh, a little bit. Um, Unloved at the minute. I've uh, have not been on there for a long time, putting anything up, but uh, I will endeavour to, to change that. Um, and on Twitter and Facebook, it is under the league as well. And uh, yeah, here's to the next hundred. Yeah, definitely on to the next hundred. And Dave, uh, moving, moved down there to London. 
with your big city bright lights and uh, a new job where can we find your musings on there at you it's I'm perfectly happy uh, for you to mention who you're working for and uh, I'll put a link in the show notes to you oh cheers mate um yep you can find me on twitter at goldenvision90 and as Chris mentioned it I am working for Ladbrooks and if you go on news.ladbrooks.com you I'm sure will be able to find some of my uh, odds related chats and uh, football roundups and I admittedly have been a little bit lax with Under the League recently with offering anything to contribute because it's been all changed, but it, uh, it certainly won't be that way forever. So I'll be back with some, some matchday adventures telling people where to, where to eat chips and drink ale before too long. So, yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been lovely to be on for the, uh, the Centenary Show. No, thank you, all three of you, and also thank to uh, Tim uh, who was a regular uh, but unfortunately he's got other things going on there at CM uh, and also Tom Snee uh, remember back uh, to the first episodes where Tom uh, is now working and he's a bit more of a jet set lifestyle so he's a bit harder to get hold of nowadays but uh, you can always follow the show at Only Pod um, or you can go on there to uh, you can go on to the website at uh, nonleapodcast.co.uk and you can find all 100 back episodes plus uh, a couple of extra special ones but uh, really whatever you've been doing I uh, thank you for listening